It's the Charmed Ones, minus Piper. And I'm finally back doing the final part of the Channel 5 Anne Boleyn review slash recap. Not really sure if it's a review or if it's just a recap, or I think it's like a combination of the both. Not really my area, but we're doing it anyway. So overall, this was the most inaccurate episode of the three, but I think that I liked it the most, weirdly. So it started out with their leading her into her cell room in the tower and it's a bare like it's not like a cell cell where you have like no bed but it was like very bare very not fit for a queen you know and like I understand she's going to the tower as a prisoner but also she was staying in the room that she stayed in right before her coronation that was like remodeled to be the queen's room in the tower so like I don't really think that that's an accurate representation of what that room would have looked like. However, again, I'm pretty sure this was not a very well, um, not a very well budgeted production. So that's probably why, because it just didn't have the budget to make the room look super nice. Um, and then she continued to be ordered around by this lady that she was with, who she later says is her aunt, where so it was supposed to be her lady, Sh lady Mad Sheldon's mom who was with her in the tower. She's just ordering her around, ordering around the other ladies that are with her. And I'm just like, first of all, no, because at this point she was still a queen. She was still the queen. Doesn't matter. She would not have been being ordered around like that. And then that lady was like, we're not going to leave the room so you can pee. You have to pee in front of us no matter what. And I was just like, that's high key really, really rude. And second of all, just again, there's no way a lady would just be telling her around like that. And then you just get this long scene of where you're looking at her face and then you're just hearing her pee hit the hit the bin. I'm like, is that, was that scene truly necessary? Was it truly necessary? And then Master Kingston comes in. He was the constable of the tower. He was in charge of all of the people in the tower. You know, he was the custodian of the tower, all that stuff. It shows her being treated badly by him at first. Like he comes to dine with her. That may be true. It may not be true. But when she's just like, I'm refusing to eat until I hear about my daughter, which may be true again, may not be true. I don't think it's true because I don't remember having ever heard that she did kind of like a hunger strike. Um, and then he was like, you should treat me better, like almost trying to threaten her. And I'm just like, again, I guess it makes sense for a man to be doing that. But again, the records we have say that she was treated very well for what was going on you know and then it shows her having like a breakdown a breakdown breakdown which we do have reports and like actual historical evidence of her having like breakdowns in the office like nervous breakdowns panic attacks which is really nice to see because you don't really see it very often like in the tutors you get that one scene where she's told the execution is delayed and then she starts to like freak out the rest of the time you don't get the sense of that she's like really panicked about it 
which I thought it, it's good to see because you're getting the like reality of she's in prison she she's about to get on trial she knows that she's probably gonna die like you need that panic to really connect with it because she's about to die like and it shows her still having hope that Henry is gonna soften and gonna forgive her and gonna like let her out and not make her stand trial and stuff which is also I think some historical evidence from there are some sources that I've read that say that up until the moment where she was standing on the scaffold she was still looking around in the crowd looking for somebody that was wearing Henry's you know crest his vinery whatever was coming to give a message saying that she was going to be exonerated you could stop the execution and it we all know that it never came but it is also good because I don't think she it was really shown that in any of the other adaptations I've seen where it's like she held on to this lingering hope that he was gonna like let her live which it would have been nice if he let her live but we all know Henry's not about it and then they show that Madge gets to come and serve her in the tower which I think she was there I think that was one of her ladies and waities I'd have to I would have to look that up again um, and then it shows her trying to make amends with Madge because she says like I treated you badly if I could I would have gone back and treated you better because you deserved better than the way I, that I had treated you which I thought that was also really nice like because you know in moments like this people do realistically go out of their way to try to make amends because you know you think you're about to die you don't want to die thinking that people feel badly about you and things like that you know like I wouldn't want to know that I'm going to my death and have the person with me think that I treated her badly you know and then you see the trial which to the best of my knowledge which I'm not a historian to the best of my knowledge my understanding is all the court documents of what the actual trial was and what was said and the testimonies that were given was lost you know we don't actually know what was really said but we do know like we can find the like record of where Cromwell listed out like these are the charges these are the days that this and this happened and if you look at it today like literally if you look it up yourself and you look at it today it's full of shit like literally none of it makes any sense none of it stands true and I'm pretty sure even then people knew that it was full of shit like but again there was nothing anybody of them could do like there was no way that a court of noblemen was gonna exonerate her there was just no way because I don't really think and I don't think there's any proof that Cromwell was like actually bribing people it was more of just everybody knew that the king wanted rid of her and that who knew what the king would do to them if they didn't give him the verdict that they wanted so it was basically a done deal we all knew she was going to be found guilty again not because I think Cromwell was bribing people because I don't know that there's any evidence that he was it's more of just they knew that it was the king's will and if they wanted to have a good life they needed the king's goodwill but they show this scene where they have one of her ladies come and testify against her and it was one of her friends that you saw in an earlier episode where they were like close which I was like damn that's a slap in the face to have your friend testify against you but then 
she was up on the stand and she couldn't even look at her, couldn't say a word, was just standing there, tears, and Cromwell basically had to read her statement aloud and be like, do you agree with this, yes or no? And then basically told her she just had to say one word, yes or no. She was just like, yes. And Anne looked so rocked by it because you could tell that was her friend. She was shocked. And before they had her lady come out, they had her sister-in-law, um, Jane Boleyn, like Lady Jane Rochford, whatever, I think that's her name, um, come out and she testified against her, which again, I don't historically think there's any like record that Jane actually said anything against Anne or George. It's all just Philippa Gregory at her freaking finest. Can we like please outlaw her or something? Anyway, she testified that she'd seen them, the brother and sister, kissing. And, like, earlier in the episode, Anne found out that her brother was was accused and arrested. And that's when she had her breakdown, when she learned that her brother had been arrested. Which, don't blame her for. Have a breakdown, honey. You deserve it. But, again, like, why are we mangling two different women in this and not just one, two? Because there's no evidence that her sister-in-law did any of this. And it's just a thing that people believe for some reason. And then while Cromwell was like listing out his quote unquote evidence, that's not really evidence, all the like judges, because I, to the best of my knowledge again, I think it was a closed trial where it was just like the judges and it would show like Cromwell would say a charge and like the judges would like snicker and laugh. And I'm just like, I don't actually think that that's how it would have went down because you're trying a queen of England like this is history a queen of England has never before been arrested and tried for treason like this I don't think these men would be acting like it wasn't a serious thing it most definitely is and then she gives like a good speech talking about she's innocent only God can judge her and I did like that speech because it, again, showed her religious conviction, which most of the adaptations about Anne Boleyn, they, like, gloss over it. They don't mention it. They, it's just, but it was such a huge part of who she was. You can't just not bring it up. You can't not make it a part of her character because it was such a huge part of who she was. And you're doing her a great disservice by leaving out how religious she was because... It just is because half the things they say that she would have done or half of the things they say were her motivations just isn't how it was because of how strictly religious she was. And then the part about this episode that was like so wrong, that so shocked me, that made it seem so cruel was they had the Archbishop of Canterbury who I think... Maybe Anne didn't appoint. She might have appointed him because she, like, knew him. And he, like, wrote this quote about her after she died. Something about, um, a queen of England has died today, but heaven has gained a queen. Something like that. Saying that he has known no better woman than Anne. So, in, like, real life, that's stuff that the real Archbishop of Canterbury said about her. And he was such a strong supporter of Anne and Elizabeth that when Mary... Mary Tudor came to the throne. She had him burned at the stake. So let's keep that in your mind, okay? Keep that in there. So they have him come to her and say, the king wants an annulment. 
which he did want annulment. He did actually end up annulling their marriage on the basis of Henry had slept with Anne's sister, which he did. We all knew he did, which basically means that he shouldn't have married Anne in the first place if that was the whole reason for divorcing Catherine, but whatever, you know, men don't think things through. So they have the Archbishop of Canterbury come to her and was like, hey, I need you to agree to this annulment. If you agree and sign this paperwork saying you agree to the annulment, your life will be spared. You'll be sent to a nunnery in France. Elizabeth will be looked after. And Anne agrees to this. She was like, you know, there's no protecting or trying to protect Elizabeth. If I'm dead, I'll do whatever I have to do. Signs a piece of paper and thinks that she's pardoned, that it's all going to be okay. And I am of the belief that if such a deal had truly been offered to Anne, that she would have taken it. And I say that because of the great love that she had for Elizabeth. I don't see her just throwing her life away and Elizabeth's protection and not knowing what would happen to her by just dying if she was given a choice to live. Like, that's one of the things I didn't like about um, Anne of the Thousand Days, which was a great movie, by the way. Awesome movie. Was that she turned this offer down. And I'm like, I don't really think a mother who loved her daughter as much as Anne has said to have done would have turned it down. I don't think she would have. Because she might have had all the pride in the world, but I don't think that she would have turned Okay, so my recording just cut out and I don't know where it stopped, but I was talking about Anne saying how if she could have, she would have lived for Elizabeth because her love for Elizabeth and the way she cared for her child was so unusual in the Tudor times that it was remarked upon by everybody. Even people that didn't like her remarked upon how much of a loving and caring mother she was. So I, in my heart of heart, believe that if she had truly been offered the chance to sign an annulment, and live so that she would be able to maybe get to see Elizabeth again, I think she would have taken it. She would have taken it. And it just grinds my gears that they offer her this. And then they have her agree to it, which I like because the Archbishop of Canterbury was like, you know, God won't forgive you for choosing to die because of pride or whatever. And then she was like, yeah, okay, you're right. And then she signs it for Elizabeth, like she signs it because she wants to live for Elizabeth, which is great. And I so wish had happened, but I'm just like, one, why are you gonna use religion against her? And two, we all know how this story ends. We all know that this is just a setup. And it's so cruel of Henry to have sent somebody out here with a false hope of a pardon when it was just never gonna happen. It was so cruel. And I was just like, what? Like I would rather have have them not even offer that because to just have her agree and then have it snatched away later in the episode was just so cruel and so heart-wrenching to watch. And then Kingston later on kind of softens towards Anne a little bit because he wakes her up in the middle of the night and her like lady doesn't wake up. And I'm like, why would it wake her up and not wake you up and you're supposed to be there to like watch over her? And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, but Kingston takes her outside unaccompanied, just the two of them, which first of all, again, would never happen because she was still I mean she was found guilty at the trial earlier so she was technically stripped of her title so she wasn't queen but she was still a noblewoman, you know so he takes her outside to the tower green 
and he has another guard bring out George from where his prison so that they could like wave at each other from different sides of the of the green and like see each other one last time which I thought was really sweet and it was really nice to see that they like even in passing got to see each other again and then her lady I guess had gone to the execution of George and the other men and she comes back and she's telling Anne like oh you know it wasn't a quick execution but he's gone now and Anne's just like not it was just so sad it was so sad that was her like beloved brother that she's listening about how he just died for a crime he didn't commit so sad and then that's when Cromwell and somebody else I forget who else comes in and they're like oh yeah it was Kingston they're telling her that her execution is scheduled for two days later and Madge is like but the, the but she's been pardoned like she was pardoned and then Cromwell just sits there with this fucking shit-eating grin on his face and I'm just like I hate you I hate you so much in this moment like I mean I hate him anyway but like really in that moment I hated him so bad but she is such a boss bitch because she walked right up to the bars that were separating her and him and was like I hope you like this achievement but just so you know history will remember me just as well as it remembers you and he was just like huh and she was like because of the lengths you've gone to to get rid of me when people remember you they will also remember me and damn if it's not true but actually I don't even really think about Cromwell very often when I'm thinking about Anne I more think about Henry and Anne together because I don't really give Cromwell a lot of thought because I hate that man so I don't really give him a lot of thought I think it's really he didn't do himself any favors here didn't do himself any favors <sighs> and the one thing I didn't like was you know in actual history sorry I'm turning my faucet on for something I'm running away from it um, let me see. Let me see my notes. So, and then they just skip right ahead to the day of her execution where she's like getting ready for her execution, about to go walk through the crowds. But if you know the real history of it, her execution was delayed. It was delayed by a day. So like she was scheduled to die on the 18th, but then it got delayed to the 19th. And then that's the day that she actually died. They don't show that the execution was delayed and they don't show that she was being um executed by a french swordsman instead of the traditional english axe and i'm i think i've read somewhere that i think i've read somewhere that anne requested a french swordsman and that's why because anne requested a french swordsman or, but I've also read a different report that it was saying because henry did it because it was like his last and like last and only show of mercy toward her that it wouldn't be a French axe like an English axeman that could like potentially mess it up and have like a, a bad execution so I'm not really sure whose idea it was but it's never mentioned in the show like nobody brings it up like there's no casual throw off of oh well the swordsman from Calais is on his way which I thought was weird because that's like one of like the big informations of her story was that she died by a, a French swordsman kind of calling back to the way she grew up in French court and I just thought it was weird that that was like never brought up um and then the scene where they show her leaving the tower to like go start walking to her execution they show her actual book of hours 
that Amblin actually wrote in. Like they show the actual page that she wrote in. The time will come. I Anne Boleyn in French. Oh my God, that so touched my heart because you don't see things like that in normal shows. Like normal shows, it's just like, oh, we'll put in a prop. This was the real legit book, which I've seen pictures of and seen like documentaries where people are showing it. But it was just really nice to like see an actual piece of real history put into like this fictionalized series. It was just really good. I really liked it. And as she's walking up to the scaffold, there's like this voiceover of her telling Elizabeth, you know, like, don't be afraid, make people fear you, then you'll be safe. And, you know, it was actually a really good speech, even if you shouldn't really be encouraging people to make people fear you, you know, but I mean, in that day and age, you did need to be, if you were a woman, the only way to like get by is if people kind of feared you, which I think people did fear Elizabeth, but they also really loved her, so she won in the end and it was a french swordsman like the show did show it being a french swordsman it was just never talked about prior to that and then on the scaffold with her was only madge and her mother even though historically there was four women that were with her on the scaffold and they all like burst into tears as soon as she died and then they all because henry the ace dipshit that he was never prepared a casket or any type of burial for Anne. So when she was executed, they didn't know what to do with her body. So these ladies, these four ladies, that even though they were with her, like Anne is recorded saying she didn't like the ladies that were with her in the tower and that they were all spies, which they were to try to collect evidence. But I guess somehow along the way, they all came to like, like her because they broke out in tears and they guarded her body. Like they quickly like put it up and wouldn't let anybody near it because they were afraid that somebody was gonna like either damage it or sodomize it or do something horrible to it. So they were like, no, we're gonna guard it. And they found, they found like an arrow chest, like an arrow box to put the body in. And that's actually what she was buried in because I guess everybody around was just like, oh, well, good enough. Even though that's such bullshit. And like the biggest slap in the face. You can't even give her a decent burial. Like, come on, dude. But yeah, I was just like kind of let down by that because there was a good opportunity there to like show some scenes of her impacting the women that were with her to make them be that emotional for her on the stand. I mean, yeah, like on the scaffold, but then they didn't. And I was just like, that was, that could have made this so much better, like so much better, but and then she didn't give a speech on the scaffold. And I'm like, that's really strange. Because one of the biggest things of her was her speech. Because like in her speech, she was like, if any do take up my case, I judge them only, I ask you only judge it kindly. Like I, that's not a direct quote, but like that's the paraphrase of her quote of her. And she was like, I don't blame the king, forgive the king. You know, and a lot of historians have said that they think that her final speech saying, don't blame the king, I forgive the king, was her still trying, like, holding out hope that he was going to come at a last minute pardon. And to just exclude a speech on the scaffold completely was very weird and a very odd choice. Because why would you do that? Anyway, and then, like most historical movies or shows, when it was over... 
the credits roll right, right before the credits roll it's like a black screen where it like has typo like types where it says you know things that happened and it was saying like how Henry and Jane got married 11 days after this and how um, Elizabeth you know went on to be England's greatest queen and all that stuff and then it ends by saying how when Elizabeth died she had this ring with her all the time her sonnet ring that on the inside were two portraits which was her and Anne and I just thought it was so sweet and it's such a nice touch even though even though it's actually never been concrete proven that the second portrait is Anne we just like to think it is there's some debate that it could be Catherine Parr it could be Anne Boleyn or it could be somebody else we don't really know but in my heart I like to believe that it's Anne and that Elizabeth thought about her and wanted to make her proud and knew that how much she loved her and that you know Henry didn't completely make her out to, to be this huge monster that he tr was trying to do so overall I will say that this was a decent adaptation it was not my favorite it was not the worst I've ever seen the worst I've ever seen would have to be rain I liked Rain for being a show about Mary, Queen of Scots, but as soon as they brought in Elizabeth and started talking about Anne, I was like, eh, you've got the wrong person for this one. I think that's the worst adaptation for Anne, really, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Anne of a Thousand Days was really good. I liked the Tudors, but it's not the best for showing Anne for who she is, but then again, like I've said before, there is no adaptation that I think actually does her justice but this one was very like in the middle I've seen worse but I've seen better it I feel like it was trying really hard to be historical but then at the same time wasn't trying hard enough to be historical if that makes sense so if you're a fan of the Tudors or Anne specifically I would say give it a watch it's enjoyable as you know entertainment as fiction don't go looking at it as fact because it's definitely not but anyway i will maybe be back talking about wolf hall we'll see if i can muster up the courage to even start to watch that because it's from the point of view of cromwell and i've had my full of cromwell already but we will see and I will catch you guys later. I'm a witch, you're a witch, we're all witches together.